1: You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez.
2: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, November 29th. It is week 13, which means it is Eagles week. The game we had circled on our calendars is finally happening this Sunday. Joining me to talk all about it are my Wednesday co-hosts, John Chapman and Wayne Breezy. Fellas, it's been a minute. How have you guys been? Did you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving? You were both in Seattle, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Seattle nice. was good. How
2: was that? Yeah. I got to imagine. How was that?
3: It was good from the morning to the morning. That's what it was. <laughs> it, was it was good. It was good. It's good get from me. It's
0: good. It, it was a lot. It was awesome. Uh, I mean, I think we had like 350 people having Thanksgiving wow. meals together, and the, the wow. game was better than that. With family, it was awesome. And so anytime you go into Seattle, let everybody know what's going on. You know, my family stayed behind for one more day. We did some of the touristy stuff, decked out, Niners gear. Nobody said anything. talked crazy before crazy the stuff. game. They didn't talk after the game. Mm,
2: That's usually how it goes, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I love to hear that you guys had a great time. But let's get into talking about this week's game because, like I said, we've all been waiting for it. We knew this game was going to have huge implications for the NFC playoff seeding. And it feels like just yesterday I was here, like, ranting about how the 49ers had just, like, a 10% chance at the one seed after dropping three games in a row. But now, after winning, you know, the next three after that, and the Lions turning into, like, kittens against their division, they, they played pretty poorly against the Bears, they lost on Thanksgiving, it seems there's at least a better chance for the 49ers, right? But... They still have to win this game, and winning this game is going to be their best chance at getting, you know, that, that one seed, um, if it is at all possible. And, of course, the Eagles would have to den- then drop another game after this one, and the 49ers would basically need to win out. Um, but as we know, you know, it, it's a week-to-week league. Things, things change, you know. Things move so we'll we'll see what happens after this game but we all know the 49ers need to win if they want to get that one seed at some point and give them themselves the best chance at that so um I mean how are you guys feeling about the the seeding in and all of that and in, in this game do you guys are you guys feeling confident that the 49ers could inch their way to that one seed or are you kind of like I don't want to say settling but have you kind of gotten
3: in your mind that, okay, it's probably just going to be the two seed? I mean, I don't think the 49ers care about seeding. Uh, right now, all they do is care about getting back to the way they play football, and that's what they look. They look exactly the way that they need to look. I think they take each game weekly like it's a playoff game, win or go home. And so if that's their motto, if that's their mindset, I could care less about a seeding. They'll get one round at home, and they're showing that they have zero problems winning on the road. But if, since you're asking about the seeding, uh, I'm sure the Niners would love to have the first seed. But they know they, they kind of messed that chance up losing those three games in a row. Uh, and right now, they're just getting back to winning football. If, if this is the NFL, so anything is possible. Like, I, I don't know why it's like that all of a sudden. But, you know, good teams lose and bad teams win. It's just how it works in the NFL from week to week, like you said earlier, Steph. So the Niners just need to focus on beating Philly and then letting the rest happen, whatever happens after that. But they need to just keep taking it one game at a time, destroying whoever is in their way on their record.
0: I think that's key. Is, you know, it's a one-game season. You look ahead, bad things happen. The 49ers haven't looked ahead at all. You look at the challenges that they had presented to them, going against the Jaguars on the road, dismantled them. Then you had the Bucks. With a short week after that against your most important rival, division rival, Thursday game coming after that, Seattle. They didn't look past the Bucks. Then you go short week to Seattle. You handle biz- business, not looking for ahead head to the juggernaut that is 49ers-Eagles. They are in the moment. And I, I think we have to give credit to Kyle Shanahan. And you you handle this game, you do what you're supposed to do. Well, guess what? Philly's going to be an underdog next week as well because they're playing at Dallas. And for as much as Philly is a great team, and they are any team can beat Philly. They have shown that repeatedly. They pulled it out late several times, but how much of that magic is going to be left? And so you win this game, then you're just one game back. Allow it to handle itself. But you win this game, and it's almost like, man, worst case is a one or a two seed. Um, like, and if you're a one or two seed, that's all that really matters. You want the bye week, obviously. You want to host the NFC Championship, obviously. But you look at the matchups for that first playoff round right now. It's it might as well be a damn bye week, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs>
2: That's crazy to say, though, John, because we were just talking about it's a week-to-week league, and anything can happen. Like they can. Crazy, it can. Crazier things have happened. So, um, yeah, you can't look past any opponent. Uh, the 49ers definitely not going to be overlooking the Eagles on this one. And there's a lot of storylines going into this game, and I think one of the biggest, of course, is Brock Purdy returning to where it all ended for him last year when he suffered his torn UCL injury. And, you know, Philadelphia is already a pretty hostile place to play. Rowdy, passionate fans. I'm sure we'll get a few at some point in the chat here. But um, this game, as we mentioned, is is high stakes as it was, you know, then. Uh, so maybe some like painful memories for Brock about, you know, being back in Philly. But how do you guys, guys feel like he's handled that? Like, are you worried about him like being in his head at all or like, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be the opposite. I'm thinking he's going to be even more motivated to, I don't know if I could say put on a show, but at least play his best, right?
3: Yeah, week in and week out, Brock's going to go out there with the game plan and try to execute it to perfection. Uh, And, you know, when he came back week one, I thought he should have been the most nervous. first game back after the surgery, didn't show any of that. Went out there and whipped the Steelers. Beep beep beep. I don't even feel like he hit my button today. On the road, on the road. Look, and, and guess what? Yeah. Going back to the same state, you're gonna whip another team on the road again. Look, I, I'm so confident because our quarterback is confident, and I think people are probably trying to figure out like why is he so confident about this game because Brock is, and Brock has been showing it. And I I don't care if he's had some bad games. So is every quarterback in the NFL in 2023. And so when i look at brock purdy uh is there going to be some type of post-traumatic stress syndrome probably not he didn't play enough for it to happen anyway and on top of that i just think brock's like oh i remember i gotta pay attention to my right like duh (laughs) like you should be looking right anyway since somebody else is protecting your blind side brock has been helping himself out and i'm sure we're going to get down to some of the pressures that has been allowed on upon him with the offensive line but listen brock is helping himself be a better quarterback helping himself get out the pocket and more importantly he's finding a way to stay in the pocket and complete the pass so i like brock I don't think any of that's gonna bother him at, at the link. I hate calling it the link, but that's what they call it. So I'm gonna call yeah. it the link.
0: <laughs> and and, and I, I'm with you. You know, you look at what was Brock's like worst game last year outside of injury it was the Cowboys game, which wasn't even a bad game, but it, you know, you, you compare all of his games together. That was probably the one that people kept referencing. What did he do against the Cowboys this year, who I think have a better defense than they did last year? He throws four touchdowns, no interceptions. And so there's not a rebounding issue with who this kid is. You, you look at Brock, he threw the pick six. That was bad. Um, what happens after that? Leads the best touchdown pass of the year to Brandon Ayuk. Whatever, he didn't even have to do that. Like, it, the kid has just been ice cold, and I know he does the ice cold veins thing. Like, that's just who that. he is. So I'm not concerned about that. Brock's going to be fine. I just want to run the damn ball as much as possible. I want the offensive line, which I know we're going to talk about considerably today. Yeah. Those are the issues. My concern is not with Brock. Brock, that dude, he's the best quarterback playing this weekend. That's all I'm saying. And I don't think he's wow. close.
2: Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about him being worried. You know, like he's going to be very even keeled. I think a lot of what we've seen him improve on this season. Has been because of that NFC championship game. Like I, and and I mentioned that I've mentioned it a lot of times and I've gone crazy looking for the article in which I saw this and I can't find it. But I remember reading an article that said that Brock Purdy kind of blames himself for, you know, the injury a bit because he had Brandon Ayuk open and then feed through it with anticipation before he saw him actually that get double open. double pat
0: got him. Yeah.
2: Yep. Exactly. So, you think about some of the things that Brock has improved since then, and I think it, it's directly correlated to that play specifically. He's throwing with more anticipation. He's more decisive. He's hanging in the pocket a lot better. Um, so he's not—he's not rattled. He's not scared. I don't think he's going to be any of those things in Philadelphia. It's going to be a tough test because, like I said, I mean, it is a hostile environment, but. You know he's played in Seattle a couple of times now, and and he's fared well there too. So I I think he he's had his fair share of hostile environment games, and I I would expect that you know he's going to deliver in this one as well. So yeah, we didn't see a ton of Brock Purdy in in the NFC Championship game to even make it past a full drive, but dare I say it would have been a big Brandon Ayuk game I think because Brad Bradbury had nothing on. Ayuk then, and I don't think he has anything on him now. If there is any weakness in this Eagles defense in 2023, John, you said you want to run the football. I don't know. Like, I know Christian McCaffrey is one of one. He can, you know, make good plays even against a good running defense. But that's the best thing that the Eagles do is is defend the run. So I'm looking at the Eagles secondary as where the 49ers can attack this team. And, I mean, a re- I-, I got a couple reasons for thinking that, right? Like, if you look at Darius Slay and Bradbury in particular, like, they're, they're giving up plays. Um, you know, seven touchdowns on Bradbury in his coverage. So, I mean, I, I think this is where it's at. Are you guys kind of feeling the same thing? I- I've also seen a lot of people say, like, the middle of the field is where they're most um, you know, susceptible.
3: Most vulnerable, yeah. Listen, you can beat this team on every level uh and i think with kyle shanahan and him being as narcissistic as wayne breezy uh he's going to beat you with the run because that's what he does like he wants to run so he's going to run and when i watch the buffalo bills run on this run stopping defense that let kyle shanahan know look if james cook can do it and latavius murray can do it then i know damn well cmc is going to be able to do it 10 times even better so they're going to run the ball because it sets up for you to take advantage of the middle of the field as well and you got to remember we're not just running the ball you know vertically or north and south whatever terminology you want to use they're going to set up these runs from east to west all right they're going to set them up and they're going to get that off that defensive line tired out and all that type of stuff just like they've been doing i felt like the only time we really really struggled in the run game was probably against the cleveland browns and that's because you lost a key piece in your run game, even though he probably would have got three run snaps for 19 yards. There's no point. Three key. Three key. Right. Because Debo, CFC, oh, and Trent Williams. Right. Yeah. Right. And but but you get my drift. It's just, it's just they're gonna, they're gonna come out with the game plan to run the ball. And I hope people understand that because it definitely opens up something that Brock is very great at, and that's that play action pass. Cause I don't know how he sells it. It was once he did a play action pass against Seattle to where he didn't even sell it. He was just like, hike. He didn't even put the ball in the running back. He just put a hand there or something, dropped back, and then, poof, it was a dart. Like, this is where Brock flourishes, and then you can definitely take advantage of that secondary. I think Darius Slay is getting a little bit older, but be careful because he's still a ball hawk. That's what he is. He'll take those chances. As far as Bradbury, you mentioned this. Listen, Steph. There's not a defender in the NFL, defensive back, that could cover Brandon Ayuk. I'm saying that he is always freaking open. If it's zone, he's open. If it's man, he gets open. I, I don't know how to defend him because I, I'm not a DB, and I don't think DBs know how to defend him because he just has a different skill mindset at this point in stage of his career uh Brandon Ayuk has emerged to a number one receiver uh top receiver in the NFL and it doesn't matter he'll have a thousand yards within the next two or three games Christian McCaffrey is definitely going to get 61 yards in this game I don't give what their defense is ranked even though they're number three I believe in the run we're number two at the end of the day the 49ers are going to run the ball they're going to start with running the ball
0: yeah, and you, you look at their schedule. The Eagles' defense has allowed 100 yards rushing three consecutive weeks in a row. So you, they had a stretch in the middle of their season so far where they were lights out, no doubt about that. But their linebackers aren't healthy, and so you got Morrow and Ellis are their starting linebackers now. The D line's great. They trade for Bayard. he's incredible. But this Eagles defense, and this is the thing: whenever you watch the film, you see holes. They are risky. They do not believe in a sound defensive strategy. They have no problem risking everything and having vulnerabilities in their defense. And that's Shanahan special. You saw what he did to Bobby Wagner last week. Good Lord. That dude put him in a blender. Six out of the first plays of the drive were straight at Bobby Wagner. And I think he made one positive play, five negative plays. They don't have Bobby Wagner. (laughs) They just don't. Their D-line's incredible. I get that. And yeah, Steph, I'm with you. There are going to be giant holes in that secondary, but I don't want the 49ers and Shanahan to get away from their game plan and get pass heavy because when you do that, that's where it gets bad. And so stick with the run game, stick with play pass, bootlegs, you know, jet, jet sweeps, reverses, all that fun stuff. That's just going to create those giant creases in the secondary, which I'm excited about. Football season may be over. But the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And PrizePix even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second... That player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry over 27 and a half points. Draymond Green will he make one 3-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less, it's that easy
2: Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree with that. I don't want them to get away from the run. Um, They still have to stick with it. That's one of the things that I feel like Kyle sometimes isn't patient enough with. Like if he sees like the run isn't working, he'll just be like, okay, we got to pass. We got to pass, pass, pass. Um, and so I don't want to get into that because then you're voluntarily making yourself one dimensional and then, you know, things could unravel from there. But I I like how the 49ers run game has looked since the bye week and I like how they've been mixing in Elijah Mitchell. He, he looks like he's got fresh legs right now. He's, he's running well, he's been efficient. So I, I hope we do see a little bit of Mitchell in this game too, because it's that nice, you know, change of pace from, uh, what Christian McCaffrey does, uh, you know, that can potentially go for a big play of his own. So shout out Elijah Mitchell. But, yeah, the Eagles are giving up an average of 256 passing yards per game. That is 29th in the league. And I just want to highlight some of the things that Brock Purdy is doing well in terms of the pass game, right? Um, I told everything? you guys. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Uh, I told you guys before we went live, this was going to be a chart-heavy show. Oh. So for the, for the YouTube viewers here, you got You got some visual aid here uh, to help us out with the points that we're making. Lots of charts. All right. So this one here, we're looking at deep ball accuracy is the bottom plane. And on the left, you got a deep, deep ball EPA. So Brock Purdy has the highest deep ball EPA of any quarterback in the league. The only others that are, you know, kind of in his vicinity is CJ Stroud and Dak Prescott. Um, And also in terms of accuracy, those two guys are also up there with Brock Purdy but no one is well in accuracy Dak seems to be a little bit higher than Brock but being in that top corner is always a good thing so he's throwing the ball deep that's like one of these things that has kind of become a new wrinkle in this offense this season right and I know we're all loving it the other thing I'm going to point out is Brandon Ayuk. what he's been (laughs) able to do right because we're talking about him so one of the the, this chart is showing his uh, raw PFF separation grade uh, there at the bottom.
3: Trying to tell people. I... And
2: then the completion and yak grade. I think that's what that says. Mm. Um, it's, it's very small text, so I got to – let me look at my
3: – I got you.
2: Catch, catch point and yak grade. So there in we go. both, clearly, Brandon Ayuk is, is grading look very wh- high.
3: Look, dude, he's on un- <laughs> – he's untouchable
2: he's untouchable even in this chart right like
3: (laughs) right i mean there's like (laughs) i mean and then and you got i mean it's time like i've been i've been trying to get the conversation started and i get it like you know brandon Ayuk hasn't been hasn't been able to do some of the things some of these wide receivers have been doing consistently but you got to think about like his role and like they we got to spread the ball out to so many different people but man like like you look at this chart I mean I no disrespect to the chart I ain't need no damn chart I'm telling you what (laughs) I watch on the film he is always open like yes like if Brock if Brock was like a one read quarterback and just threw it to Brandon Ayuk every time man Brandon Ayuk would have 4,000 yards like (laughs) easily always open but I like that Brock goes to the progressions But he's always open. And I know people don't like that. I know people don't believe it. I'm telling you, there's three people on this show right now that watch the film in detailed fashion, bored as hell, got Spotify on in the background, and he's always freaking open.
0: Man, my, my son, you know, it, he comes to the games when he's fifteen, and every single play, he's like Ayuk, <laughs> like as a play. Ayuk's open, like I, I mean, it's a broker. It's like you know, you pull the string, and he's like,
3: yeah, open. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like every <laughs> yo, I missed those toys.
0: <laughs> every single time, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And so, what I do like about what Brock and Kyle do, they, they could do, they can go too far to the extreme. Sometimes, I think we saw that in the Browns game. You can take away Ayuk. It's going to take two. It's going to take away two. Thank you. And so if you put two on IUK, you got to have an inside cutoff guy and then a guy playing off coverage, which a lot of teams are doing. You can do that in cover six. You can do that in cover two. Uh, Hard to do in cover three. But regardless, if you attribute two guys to IUK, that means CMC and Kittle and Debo are going to be one-on-one. Go ahead. Go ahead. And so for the 49ers where they are now, most times IUK is the first read. Almost the majority of times I used to first read the most plays for the 49ers passing concepts. But if he looks over and you're attributing two guys to Iuk, Brock Purdy's at his best where he goes, Nope, boom, 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 and he gets through his read. So don't force it. Yeah. I, I use gonna get paid. I think he's gonna be here long term. I know everybody talking about Chase Young versus IUK. I, I think I staying. Chase Young, I think, he has a chance to stay. I, I want both of them, but IUK is a focal point because not only is he wide-ass open all the time, he's a damn dog block it all the time. He is a Kyle Shanahan-created Madden character with the perfect attitude. He's got 7'6 wingspan. You heard Armstead talk about it <laughs> earlier this week. What else do you want from this dude? And he's unselfish. He goes up to the press conference. He brings Debo, his man, with him. Like, come on, man. Like, this is... He's what we need, he's what we want. Ayuk is absolutely perfect. Not only is he number one in our hearts, he's got two number ones on his chest. I freaking love this man.
2: That was a bar, John. Whoa. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, felt, uh, we I got a super chat from again. Brandon Parrish. Shout out, Brandon. He says, Big weekend, go dogs and go niners. What's up, Wayne? Um, and then I wanted to shout out Jason because he said uh, his twin boys fifteenth oh. uh, 15 birthdays today. So shout out your twin boys. Happy birthday. Uh, thank birthday you for man. joining us today.
0: The nephews are 15. Good God. You getting Ooh. old, dog. Yeah. I know. Jason been around a minute. He's good dude. <laughs> well,
2: in on the topic of the 49ers pass game and Brock Purdy, this is where I want to shift the conversation to the 49ers offensive line. Oh because it, it as we know, right? It hasn't been great. So let me go to the next slide here.
0: You mean to tell me I it's see- not gonna be in the top right chart like Ooh, I you can purdy? Not
2: this time. No, not this time. Not, no, this, not time. this time. Not this time. <laughs> so it, it is in the top, but it's 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 on the left this time, left and I'll path. tell you why. So I shared this uh on on my Twitter yesterday. Shout out to the guy who's been putting out these charts by the way because um I think that his the Cowboys, uh, dude? his username is throw the damn ball on I'll Twitter. I'll throw the damn ball. Okay. Um yeah, he's got, Jason he's got great, P, right? Yeah, something oh, like that. He's got yeah. he's got great um stats and and charts and all that. So that's why I brought it all today. Um But anyway, so the bottom uh, quadrant here, whatever you want to call it, percentage of throws from a clean pocket. All right, and on the on the left you got clean throws EPA. So Brock Purdy even despite having the lowest percentage of throws from a clean pocket. Remember, this is rate. This takes into account that the 49ers are like a run heavy team like this takes into account the number of throws. That's why it's right. rate percentage, right? I have, I have people confused about that in my mentions yesterday. So, yeah, they're like, take that, take that show the me. context.
3: They only throw a minimum yeah, exactly. of 25 you saw times. That? You saw that, Wayne? You Yeah, saw I have that? no problem I calling video. people out. That's yeah, not, I was like, not okay.
1: nothing okay. Way
0: to call you out while you're talking to him, and you're the I only sh- two people there. Yeah, I sure will. <laughs> I love we'll, it. we Will do. <laughs> I'm looking around like, what happened?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So so despite having the lowest percentage of throws from a clean pocket, Brock Purdy has the highest EPA from a clean pocket, right? So all that being said, I think we know that offensive line has been an issue, but at the same time, it hasn't been an issue because Brock Purdy has been doing enough on his end to kind of mask what the offensive line has been doing. And let's be honest, like the offensive line has been average to below average all season, but you wouldn't know just because Brock Purdy is doing what he does. He gets the ball out quickly, even when, you know, he gives himself a little more times because he's scrambling and, and all these things, he's moving around in the pocket and he has good feel for it. So I, I just wonder I just kind of worry in this game against the Eagles defensive line because I think we've said it all off season we're like this offensive line is not going to be good enough to play against the Eagles like I think that was one of the concerns going into the NFC championship game last season uh I mean it was a tight end block in Hassan Reddick on that play so I don't know if you can blame the offensive line entirely, but you know I think, some of those worries haven't gone away because I think you could say the offensive line is not even as good as it was last year. Right. So that's my concern um, with the offensive line. Like, do you, do you guys feel like their struggles can, can kind of all be seen in, in this game? Like, will, will it catch up to them?
3: I mean, it, it, it depends. It depends on how they game plan and and what they choose to do. Uh, as far as how effectively they try to run the ball and throw the ball, what type of throws, what type of like plays that are set up from Kyle Shanahan uh, to help the offensive line get the jump. Listen, the, the Niners haven't had a good offensive line since 2012, 13, 14. 15. They ain't had a good offensive line in ever. And with Kyle Shanahan, he ain't about the offensive line. He's always been about that quarterback. And it's taken a, a minute for that quarterback to kind of come to fruition for Kyle Shanahan. And now you got a guy that when you look at when you look at these other teams in their offensive lines, I guess you can say Philly probably has went healthy, the best offensive line in football, arguably. Right. But when you look at these with these teams and these offensive lines, Kyle Shanahan is a little different when it comes to his quarterbacks he wants his quarterbacks to get the ball out of their hands quick a lot of stuff to where the offensive line isn't blocking for you know three seconds four seconds and so like yeah brock is uh, enabling the offensive line um he's he's helping the offensive line be better but that has been kyle's plan since he's been here he has when has he tried to fix the offensive line there's one position that he goes after And it either gets hurt or retires. And then his center, he still don't have the center he want. We just got a center, which is Jake Brindle. And and at the end of the day, I think that's where Kyle's going to get. I don't think they will ever fix the offensive line. I don't think they're going to draft offensive linemen. I just don't think that's what they do. They'll find pieces. They'll make shift. They'll breed. But they have a quarterback that can enable that and be good so if Brock is good without an offensive line and I know you're going to say well damn Breezy imagine what he I don't know if Brock would be good with an offensive line it might change the way he plays football it's weird to say that shouldn't but it might it might change the way he, he his innate ability just to play football Brock is learning how to play with this offensive line and that's why I'm not worried That's why I'm not worried about this Philadelphia Eagles, you know, defense, defensive front, because Brock has seen, he's seen every week. (laughs) They pushed this motherfucking Martin in the lane. What what does he need? Just to prove that he's, I don't even want to say the E word, but yeah, he beat this team's fucking elite. Sorry, Steph. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Telling you right now, I'm going on an elite tour. I I don't care if it's regular season. You beat the Eagles. Elite is coming out of my mouth all week long, all the rest of the season. Oh
0: man, period. That is fun, man. That's
3: bad. That's
0: fair, hey, man. Don't hold back, Wayne. Right? That's my thing. If you just wouldn't hold back so much, I feel like we could get. I'm joking, right? Yeah, it was a joke. I got. I I I. I <laughs> And and I'll say this, this year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. People forget, like, when you talk about all the wonderful stars that the 49ers have and the huge contracts, everybody goes, well, you have a rookie quarterback contract, and that's not wrong. But also, you got to look at four out of five of the offensive linemen. Uh, bargain bin salaries. I don't even think Jake Brindle's a top 30 center paid in the league, and the dude's starting on his third contract. And so you pay Trent Williams the rest. You're just kind of putting in holders there, and that's the 49ers' plan because guess what? Chris Forster and this Shanahan system is the most offensive line-friendly system in the NFL, having said all those things. Not a top five unit, not a top ten unit, probably not even an average unit as all your charts showed, Steph, which I love those things. Jeez. But how do you mitigate poor offensive line play? You move the pocket. You run the football. You play pass. You play action. You boot. You jet sweep. You reverse. You orbit motion. You check down. That's where all of these things cover up a lot of the – I don't know, inefficiencies uh, of this offensive line. But whenever you look at, like, we're we're all talking about the offensive line, but we're all worried about sacks and quarterback hits, right? Mm -hmm. Well, well, guess what? Jalen Hurts has been sacked way more than Brock Purdy, 29 to 21. Brock Purdy's the 23rd sacked quarterback in the NFL. And we talk about the injury, and that injury sucked. That injury's happened to quarterbacks three times in, like, 30 years in the NFL. So, like, you move on. It was a freak thing. Whatever else, that's in the past. I'm not too concerned. Yeah, Brock's going to get hit. Yeah, they're probably going to get a couple sacks. Not concerned with his play whatsoever. Not concerned about the offensive line play too much. I'm concerned about Shanahan doing what Shanahan does best.
3: The dumb stuff.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we escaped that. Mm-hmm. And I love Shanahan, and he's the best coach in this damn game. Mm-hmm. Um, Way better than Nick punching the face freaking Sirianni. Like, I'm excited about this game but the offensive line and Brock are not my concerns.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Going back to sack rate, the 49ers or Brock Purdy's 15th uh with 6.1%, uh the Eagles Jalen Hurts is 6.9%. Um his scramble Best rate is 8.1% the NFL. And he scrambles a lot, so his his scramble rate is 8.1 um versus Brock's who's just 4.1. So he's up there, too. So there's less excuses uh, for Jalen Hurts, and yet he is being sacked a little bit more. So people have some questions about our offensive line, in particular, the right guard spot. We saw John Feliciano finally get that start on the right guard spot because um, Spencer Burford was out on Thursday. He gave up four pressures, though, and I think, like, four quarterback hits or four hurt, either one of those— um with a handful in the
0: run game too
2: yeah it wasn't really like the performance we thought it would be you know when Kyle Shanahan said you know we want to get him on the field at some Mm -hmm. point anyway uh so do you think the 49ers continue to roll with Feliciano or roll with Burford or do you see some rotation happening like they were doing last season
3: yeah, I'm I'm kind of like on that rotation wagon, uh, especially Burford coming off the injury. I think he'll get the start uh, if he continues to practice throughout the week. Uh, but you got to get Feliciano some reps as well. You got to get him worked in there. Um, you're going to need him coming down to the stretch. Um, you know, things happen. Oh, you you hope Burford's injury doesn't flare back up at some point in the game. If you look at there, if you look at Feliciano's two starts from the left to right side, night and day. Yeah. Uh, like he's just way better on the left side than he was on the right side so you know what he just needs uh, he, he reps like reps um and and you know what when you're on the left side i hate to say it but that guy number 71 just makes you better i i don't know if yeah. they have a form of communicating farting whatever they do to communicate it works but when you get to that right side i think on one of my show, i think on monday's show I said, this is where you kind of miss, this is where I miss Mike McGlinchy. I'm not, I'm just saying, as far as communication, they seemed, you you said it earlier, the offensive line might have been a little bit better last year. Well, it was because he was a better communicator. He understood the language of the offensive line, um, even though he wasn't great at executing it. And so now you have McKivitz out there who's still learning on the spot. And then you got the, the the second year Burford who's learning. You got Feliciano who's being thrown into the fire. And so yeah, you're gonna have these deficiencies on the offensive line. You're gonna have some breaks and continuity. Um but for me, I, I think it's gotta go you got to go with Burford uh if he's healthy and then you know mix some Feliciano in there so he can build his reps, build his his uh what's the word confidence back up on on that right side, you know um, I they'll be fine going forward. Yeah, yeah I, I, think I think so, too.
2: Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. Um, I, I I think that's the most likely scenario. It sucks that they have to feel like they have to rotate preferred with anybody. Like This, this would now be the second year in a row that they're doing that. Um, but I, I think it, for Feliciano, maybe it, it's just a matter of getting used to being on the right side versus the left, and then we'll see some improvements over time. And once he gets to that point where he is more comfortable, then, you know, maybe he gets to start there full time. Who knows? Um, Mm. But, yeah, I think in the meantime, we'll probably see a little some rotation, especially if Burford continues to struggle. I mean, he does have a a tough test um, this week. I I feel like I say that almost like every week. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of
3: good DTs in the league. There is. There are. I mean, excuse me. Yes, I agree
2: and i even I even look at you know the defensive ends as well because you know sometimes if they rush from the inside like that could be his responsibility too so I mean if I was a defensive coordinator i'd be I'd be trying to find any way to to get my defensive lineman lined up against uh Burford if I could but, but anyway we're we're talking about the offensive line and how it can p- maybe hold back this offense on Sunday, but it doesn't feel like. You know, we get that sense. I think we believe that Brock Purdy is going to continue to elevate this offense by way of masking his offensive line as much as possible. So we'll continue to see that. Here's my other concern (laughs) about the game on Sunday. Not to be a downer, but I'm also wondering if the weather could play a role in this one. Currently, it it seems like it's going to be raining on Sunday in Philly. And I I know this says Thursday night. Sorry, it's because it, it was from uh, the header was from Thursday's Thanksgiving game. But it's for Sunday morning uh, or Sunday day. Uh, it's going to be rain showers in Philadelphia. And if you look at, you know, Brock Purdy's games in the rain, it just doesn't seem like it's his strength. You look at in week six against Cleveland, the ball was slipping out of his hand. Um, I think the only other game in which he's played in the rain was uh, against the Seahawks last season, which he, you know, he was fine then. But as Matt Barrows points out, his completion percentage uh, was on the lower end for that game. So is this a thing with Brock, or is it just a blip, like just two games? I know, I know, against Cleveland, like that was a tough game to begin with, uh, but it just doesn't seem like that's his forte playing in the rain
3: yeah i mean that's it's i share the same concern um only because the proof is in the pudding he doesn't play well in the rain it is what it is um is this something that he can overcome if it happens to rain possibly i'm hoping it's not a pass heavy game in the rain for both teams it probably won't be uh but i wouldn't be surprised man if brock come out there on that first throw play one and, and and try to rip it down the field to, like, a Brandon now you just first throw just to prove everybody else wrong that he could throw. Like, I just wouldn't be surprised if any of that stuff happened. Um, but like you said, like, statistically, he's not as great in the rain. He, he, he kind of plays timid. He has problems gripping the ball. His passes aren't the same. Uh, 55% chance I'm looking at my weather app right now uh, for Sunday, and I'm hoping that it passes. Um, but, yeah it's a 55% chance of rain as we currently speak live right here on the show so we'll see what happens um run the ball like run it just can keep running it until you can't run it you got plenty yeah, of running backs
0: <laughs> it's it's there it open up so much more but he played in Iowa they the freaking cyclones, like they're
3: cyclones for a reason. Cyclones like, it's different <laughs> than rain for some reason. Maybe he needs more wind with his rain, or something.
0: and I, I think you practice that this week. You know, you, you've had a long week. You get the trash cans, you get the big gallon, 55 gallon buckets, you fill them up with water, you get your interns to put them out there, you dunk the ball, dunk the ball, snap the ball, you get through those things, and so you, you practice that. I don't think we're going to see that again. Um. Does it benefit the Eagles over the 49ers? Yeah, for sure. But I I don't think it's what it's all about. And so, yeah, the Cleveland game, I get it. We just got to see. You got to see what it is. And you run the damn ball. Remember, here's the thing I keep going back to. Sorry. You go to the NFC Championship game last year. It was 14-7, to and we didn't have a damn quarterback going into halftime. We were down seven points without a quarterback. I know, and the only touch like they were up 14-7. One of those touchdown tries was wasn't even a catch. The, the Devon- first like- one,
3: that's what changed the game. Like the first, they scored first. That first one yeah. was a Devonte Smith incomplete pass, but because our coach, for some reason, don't don't whatever doesn't challenge it, it's a catch. And next hey. thing you know.
0: And so is Brock Purdy, whenever it rains, better than Christian McCaffrey at quarterback? Yeah, I think so. And that's really all you needed. You needed somebody that wasn't going to turn the ball over like Josh Johnson just hands it to them. They run in, score a touchdown. Like I'm not too concerned. I really, really am not. Their personnel's good. It's not better than the 49ers. You go out, you do your game, you're the better team. The spread is—people are realizing what this team is. You go into the Bills game, Eagles-Bills, the Eagles were one-point favorites. What is it now? It's three points last time I checked, and it's not done creeping. The 49ers are going to be four-and-a-half-point favorites by the time kickoff. So if you want to bet this game, don't wait. Don't wait, because it's only going to get worse. Mm.
2: That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, so rain like, clearly an advantage for the Eagles. They've played their last two games, I believe, in some rain. And, you know, they won both of those, right? So along with the fact that they're playing at home, that's, of course, an advantage for them. But the 49ers do have an advantage of their own going into this game, and it has to do with that additional rest, right? Having played on that Thursday night game, Thanksgiving, they have three extra days of rest. And on the other hand, the Eagles, In addition to, you know, having played Sunday so they don't get the extra rest, they played two hard-fought games in a row in which their defense, and overtime, in, in which their defense played 92 snaps against the Bills because they went to overtime, and in the previous week against the Chiefs, they played 72 snaps on defense. So while I understand that the Eagles have won these games, and that is definitely impressive, um what do the 49ers have to do to uphold and to make the most of this advantage of the extra rest? Because I I have a few ideas of, of my own.
3: Extra rest, extra energy, extra firing off the ball. just extra everything, right? Like for the, the 49ers, I just feel like, like John said earlier they're just coming in here like just as the better team and i just think they have the better mindset so like when you look at the eagles yeah they've won tough games the niners haven't won any tough games technically um well, as far as close games let me let me rephrase they haven't that. been in any they, right um except for maybe the cleveland game was a close one they couldn't find a way to pull that one off uh even though they had an opportunity uh but they 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 couldn't cash in on it um, so, so the Eagles have been battle tested in those type of games, but I, I'm probably the only mother trucker that don't think this game going to be close.
0: I, I'm with you there because you know, <laughs> Steph, you asked, you asked like, okay, the Eagles, their entire mindset is it don't matter. Once it's fourth quarter, we'll, we'll freaking do whatever it takes. And that's great. When Josh Allen's the opposing quarterback and he's throwing, you know, one pass Interception drives, missed field goals, blocked field goals, refs are on your side. All those things come to – like, they had the opportunities given to them. If the Buffalo Bills just played, you know, mistake-free football, not even mistake-free football from the second quarter on, just not giving away possessions and points, that game's over. And you can go back to the Chiefs game very similarly. You just don't let them back in the game. Now, mm-hmm. we look at the Seattle game. What happened after halftime? You throw a pick six, right? Right. special teams has an issue, but then the defense shut them down. We are a more complete team than anybody that they played against. And I understand they played the chiefs. I understand they played the bills. I understand they played the Cowboys. Those are good damn football teams. I'm not trying to say they're not, but sorry. Did we not beat the Cowboys by 32 points? Mm -hmm. Like this is a juggernaut of a team that has waited all year for this damn game. Like Brock didn't get a play against these guys. He's foaming at the bit. Christian McCaffrey, are you talking about George Kittle is going to kill a person? I, literally. He's going to kill somebody. Debo, which with, I, I'm with not with the a smile on his face. Mm. Uh, uh, this is Hargrave's going back to the team that wanted didn't sign him. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh good. my gosh. You want to replace me with the rookie? Okay. Cool. And that rookie's good. I ain't trying to say bad things about the rookie. He, he, but if I, I'm Hargrave,
3: mm-hmm. I'm Hargrave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's karate kicking through on picture one windows, one windows. I, uh, window frames. I'm telling you. Yeah.
1: I, I yeah. went, it's yeah. going to
3: be just watch. So I'm going to say,
2: just watch.
3: Mm. So, and, and,
2: and for me, like in terms of getting that extra rest and making sure that, you know, you make the Eagles pay for it. Obviously, like we talk about some of the things that the bills did to kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Number one, 49ers can't make those mistakes. Like you just can't afford to do it. And two, like, I, I think the 49ers are built to make you pay and exhaust you if they want to, you know. I, I think a lot of that has to do with the run game, Uh, you know, defending Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, um, motions, you know, confusing the Eagles defense as well, playing some bully ball, you know. like I And I've mentioned this early in the week, and I was like, you know, the 49ers haven't had to rely – on yards after the catch, really, to move the ball this season. Like, it just is kind yeah, of...
3: Yak is kind of fizzing away, right? Like It's
2: fizzing away because they fizzing. haven't needed it. like So, like so we're screens, though. right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting, right? But it's still in their back pocket. Like, right. they, still, they still have that. They still have the guys who are really good at that. And so I'm thinking, if this Eagles team has less rest, you know, they're, they're a little... They're hurting a bit. You know, they got a lot of mileage on them. If they're vulnerable over the middle, if you have guys like Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel who excel, you know, in yards after the catch, and even Ayuk sometimes, um, you know, could get going, I I say, like, give it to them like that. And that's something that the 49ers haven't really showed on tape in a while. You're thinking to yourself, if you, if you watch the film, you're thinking, oh, they've gone away from that. This is what they're doing now. But if the 49ers want to, I think they could bring that back in this game. And it would benefit them in the long run uh, against this Eagles team. So well, like every team a is more
0: seeking safeties and backers in the middle of the field. Like, yeah. they're running a 49ers defense. Like, teams are having to change their defensive strategy just to stop what the 49ers are best at. And when you do that, you open up everything on the perimeter. And it's not like it's working against us. We're, we're still one of the best offenses in the NFL, points, yards, plays, you know, whatever else. But go ahead. Adjust what you do. Adjust what you do against us. Shanahan's going to find a way to take advantage of it. Might take him, you know, a little bit in the second, a, third a, a quarter to figure or it two. out. But <laughs> yeah, opening drive, he's going to do what he wants to do. Best opening drive scoring team in the NFL. Uh, putting my kids through college, betting 49ers scoring opening possession every week. But I'm just saying, like, Go ahead. Overcompensate the middle of the field. It's not like we don't have speed.
3: And and something that I've been saying all season long, like the Niners offense still doesn't look like it's in its it's in a form. It's it's a re- it's rare. Like yeah. they will beat you however they choose to beat you. Like death by a thousand cuts, straight go to the juggler. Like it's just weird, right? Oh, it's not going to be a Brandon IU day. Oh, it's going to be a Debo day. Oh, it's going to be a Kittle day. And you you mentioned Elijah Mitchell earlier. When I tell you how mad I was last year at the NFC Championship (laughs) game, when that kid decided to say I ain't healthy and I can't play, and I was walking into the stadium and I almost broke my phone because I just knew that combination that we haven't really seen this year but we saw last season, Mm -hmm. watch it happen this week.
2: At, at its best. Lethal like weapons. Yeah, those two guys. Like he yeah, it, it was kind of lethal because like it was you weren't really expecting it. He's the RB2. Oh, it's not McCaffrey. Okay, we can lay off a little bit. Um <laughs> but then he'll he'll gash you for, for a nice game, Just right? Watch. So
3: I think we started to, to see that. Everything Kyle Shanahan's been doing is been by a weird design. And and we watching it. In the and and at the time we were like, What in the hell? And and now we're starting to really understand oh, this is probably why he's not doing this, and this is probably why he's not doing that. And I, I'm i a huge fan of the screenplays because we have these guys that could do yak, and every time we do a screenplay, I'm like, it gets blown up. Kyle, stop calling screens! And then I go and watch the film, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he missed the block. Oh, yep. He didn't get out. I don't know how this lineman beat him to the other side of the field for the on the screen. So it's little things like that, but they're there, like you said, they're just in the back pocket.
2: Yeah. Yep, I agree. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, the 49ers could be dangerous with on Sunday. But I want to ask you guys before we head out of here, what's the most dangerous thing about the Eagles, in your opinion? Just name one thing. I'm going to ask you, Wayne, first.
3: Uh, it's the quarterback run. Uh, his ability to be able to run the ball. Um, he's gonna quarterback draw. Uh, the Niners need to be prepared for it. Uh, take a take him take away the quarterback draw that's right up the middle for those that don't know what that play is because that's what he's gonna do uh he's probably and, and he's probably you won't see it early but if they're flustered like birds get like you're going to see him try to put it into his own hand all I'm asking Dre Greenlaw to do is just rip off an arm uh, or a wing, however you want to do it, clip it, do what you gotta do. Uh just make them feel the draw. That's that's where I am. Uh and one time will probably be it for for Jalen Hurts this this year, trying to run that on a 49ers defense. But you gotta you gotta be accountable for the quarterback, like because that's what he does. He he will run. You talked about his scramble rate as well. Uh things aren't looking good for him to pass, he's gonna try to get to the outside. Niners have speed on the outside. Just gotta contain. Just contain.
0: Mine's yeah. AJ Brown. Uh, I, I think he's one of the best in the NFL, and you know we had DK last week, his college teammate. But DK's bigger, but he's soft, man. And Charvarius Ward ate his lunch. I'm curious to see if we're going to allow Charvarius Ward to travel with him um, with AJ Brown. I hope they do, but AJ Brown is better in every way, shape, and form than DK Metcalf could ever be. Um, that's the one where I'm just like mm, that. That's my one area. And hey, if our pass rush does their thing, and A.J. Brown's going to get his, just don't let him go nuclear like he did for the Titans before they traded him on that, uh, I think it was Christmas Eve game or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a long time ago, but A.J. Brown's my biggest concern.
2: That is definitely a concern. I will say this, though. After the last couple games, I'm feeling great about Mooney Ward and Ambry Thomas, like, I, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to shut A.J. Brown down. He's still going to get his, but I I like the way they've been playing, and I think that can make some things interesting in, in yeah. the secondary for the 49ers. And, yeah, Jalen Hurts, you know, yeah. j- even just scrambling. I know the you know, you mentioned the QB draw, um, but just it, him, you know, running out of the pocket anytime is, is a threat. I think the 49ers like were prepared for that in the NFC championship game. And I know it's a different defensive coordinator this year with Steve Wilkes, but I kind of wonder how much of their game plan, if possible, like they can take into this game as far as what they had planned for Jalen Hurts. Because I I looked at the all 22, at least for like the first I, I didn't want to watch past the uh Brock injury Uh, but you know in the beginning in in that first Eagles drive I felt like you know they were doing a good job of containing him a bit he was still getting completions off but you let him have those it's like that's fine as long as you don't gash us because once he starts doing that everything kind of opens up you know Uh, so I think they'll be more careful with that I don't think the sacks are going to be there a lot, and I only say that because I think the mentality for the defensive line is not going to be to go after and be over-aggressive against Jalen Hurts. I think it's going to be to keep him in the pocket and maybe just, like, slowly, <laughs> you know, close him, close yeah. it in. Yeah, it's not going to be so much to, you know pin your ears back and try to get him. a lot of stunts. He's gonna, he's I think there's going
0: to be a lot of D line yeah. stunts just to kind of confuse him, So he doesn't have that AB gap to just shoot through with the four man pressure. And so I think there's going to be a lot of that uh, just trying to keep him in there. Like you said.
2: Yeah, for sure. So my most dangerous thing about the Eagles, I'm going to go a little more high level. It's not one specific player or, or play. I know a lot of people mentioning the tush push um, in the chat for me it's been their ability to win any game anyway. Like, they are resilient. And I guess in particular, like, the way Jalen Hurts is able to will them back into any game. Like, I, some of the stats I was seeing on Jalen Hurts in regards to when his team is leading versus trailing is absolutely insane to me. The chart that I'm showing you guys right now is his EPA per play when leading is you know, very much middle of the pack. But when you look at his EPA per play when trailing or tied is the highest in the league by far. And I also saw a stat that his quarterback rating, I think Grant posted this his quarterback rating when winning is 65.9. but When losing it's 121.9 dude just has the clutch gene and he's going to try to get his team to win. And he's talented enough to be able to do it. Like we've seen that in, in, you know, these recent games right against the Chiefs and also uh, the Bills. And as a result, the Eagles lead the league in second half points. So they're very resilient. I think that's, to me, the most dangerous thing about this Eagles team, because you can't let your foot off the gas like you can't. And you can't think that you have it in the bag at any point. You, You have to play all four quarters, full 60 minutes. And yeah, I think that's the most dangerous thing. As long as the 49ers remember that and, you know, keep their eyes on the prize, um, I think they can come away with a win, though.
0: Very well said. Yep. yep. I like it. I like it. Uh, take advantage of those opportunities because he turns the ball over a lot. He does and turn it over. Like that,
3: then and and find good. a way to, to be as disciplined as you can be. Don't yeah. give the refs any extra chances to help the Eagles because – tired of yeah. watching that this better sure. not be that game
2: no it, it it can't be so yeah hopefully the the 49ers are are focused on that and um I just wanted to get to the super chat statement VA said I'm sorry but what QB is really good in the rain yeah that's a fair point I mean I'm not I'm not saying that Brock is like bad in the rain I'm just saying this the small sample size that we have isn't like encouraging it's not a you know huge indictment on him just something we want to keep an eye on uh chas asked earlier will brock wear a glove if it's raining he did wear one in college at times you know that's interesting i'm sure he'll have it like you know he'll pack it with him uh the equipment team will probably bring some uh and if he feels like he needs one like if the ball is slipping like it did in cleveland i think he should consider it but i don't know if it's just one of those comfort things like maybe he prefers not to have a glove right so I, if I he's think he practiced use with it at all,
0: then you bring it. If he yeah. hasn't, then he hasn't. Like You don't want to do something new in the game, but you always want to be prepared for contingencies.
2: Yeah, I definitely hope the 49ers are, have prepared as much as they can for the rain. We know it's not raining in Santa Clara, but like you were saying, John, wet, wet that ball, d- dump yep. it in a little bucket or something, whatever they got to do. Um, so, yeah, and hopefully it doesn't even rain as much as we're kind of expecting it to right now. Agreed. You know? We're going to keep an eye on that throughout the week. But for now, I, I really um, appreciate all you guys tuning in uh, this Wednesday morning. Uh, be sure to like this video, subscribe, not just to my channel at Steph49K, but John at 49ers Rush, Wayne at the Wayne Breezy. Are you guys going to the game at all?
3: I'll be there, yeah.
2: Ooh. I'll be at the game. Yeah. Man, Wayne. Oh, I'm, I'm about to, end okay.
3: It's going to be fun. <laughs> East Coast. All right. you, did, did you
2: go to the nfc championship
3: i sure enough did so i told you i walked in okay, there so mad
2: you, you know what to you know what to expect
3: yeah it's gonna be worse because they feel like they beat us which they did but they feel like we gave them it was
2: because a, of them right that they won. <laughs> right like yeah. you
3: know i don't, don't want to rain on their parade or pee on their parade or however you want to look at it but my point is they won in the discussion i left it at that but and that's why the trash talk. I, I love what's going on this week. This is a great week. Yeah, great week.
2: Yeah, I agree. Well, be safe, Wayne. Be safe, all the 49er fans who are going to be out there. You guys are representing. I think it's about like twenty eight percent of 49er fans expected out there. So that's it's gonna it. Be a little, that's it. But like, you gotta you gotta think about. It's in Philly. I would it's not want to be in Philly. So only, only man, y'all need like to you man up.
3: Get here. y'all behinds yeah. out there and red this stadium out. What is wrong with you, Faith? Don't be chicken crips. I'm trying not to say any bad words cause chas <laughs> told me that the family watches during the morning and I forgot this one particular time. So my bad. I did leave leave out f bomb earlier. My my apologies. If they if they get you, Steph, send them to my channel.
2: Uh, no, you're all good. Um yeah, so, so, police. The, yeah, they be out there. They be out there. They so, be out there. <laughs> oh,
0: that's awesome. So man. make
2: sure you guys uh, are safe out there. And uh, as always, the three of us are going to have great content on our channels throughout the week leading up to this game. So make sure you guys tune into that. But for now, have a good rest of your Wednesday, folks. Peace.